We're doing good or we're doing great? We should be doing great. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It's a nice day out there. It's sunny. Summer is here. Uh, for those who don't like the heat, like me, uh, summer's here no matter what, whether you like it or not, right? So it's here, and it's here, uh, and uh, we have to enjoy it. It's, it's what God has given us, uh, and we have to uh, praise the Lord and uh, be glad uh, and rejoice in the day that the Lord has made. We will, be, uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, today is a special Sunday where we're going to uh, be talking about um, if, if everything works, especially uh, our technology stuff. I've been told before, uh, do you ever print your sermon? Do you ever print it in case it doesn't really work? Oh, now it's working. Okay, good, good. So today it's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great day. It's an amazing time of worship that, that we had this morning. And, and if you are here visiting for the first time with us, uh, we want to thank you. We want to uh, say thank you for taking the time, making the time to come on a Sunday and worship together with us. We want you to know that we are here to help people experience the hope that we find and the life-changing uh, relationship with Jesus. So we are here to experience, to help you, to share, and to experience the hope that we have in God with you. So we want to share today. Um, so welcome to, uh, to, to our church, your church. And today is Vision Sunday. Today is Vision Sunday. It's going to be a... Um, it's going to be good to understand certain things that uh, we are uh, going to share with you. Um, about a year and a half ago, when I was candidating to be the pastor of the church, uh, after so many meetings and interviews, uh, you know, I went through uh, about eight months of interviews, right? And uh, one person finally asked me, I was waiting for that question, and the question was, Pastor, if you end up coming to this church, what is your vision for the church? And uh, unfortunately, that day, I had no answer for that person. And why is that? Because you can only have a vision when you understand the context of where you are. When you understand the culture. When you understand the culture and the context. And when you understand the needs around you, that's how a vision is born. There is no way you can tell uh, you know, anybody what the vision is if you are not familiar with the context. So about a year, uh, a year and a half later, now uh, vision has been born in the souls of uh, you know, people in this church who have been part of our vision team. And we've been working uh, for about a year now uh, with that group of people trying to put together the vision and the mission of the church. And it's been, uh, it's been a good good experience. It's been a blessed time spending with some of these people. We were 11 and then uh, we kept on going with nine of, uh, nine of the group that kept on uh, praying to the Lord. Lord, what is the vision? What do we need to see that we're not seeing? Where, where do we need to go from here? How do we need, how, you know, how do we learn how to impact our community? So, so this is a vision are born, visions are born in the souls of human beings who feel consumed by the tension between what is and what it could be. So you got to realize, first you got to know where you are, and then you got to see, so what can we be? Where can we be? Where can we go? 
you know, if we are here and if we're doing this, where can we go? At that time, so I didn't know that, but now we do have a vision and we're going to share that with you guys, uh, with you guys today. Uh, Now, the question, uh, the question was good, but now we have an answer. So vision is essential to the life of a human being. Without a vision, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, that without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, people go astray. Without a vision, people don't know exactly what to do. Uh, God has given us a vision. And without a vision, another translation says, uh, people go unrestrained. They go unfocused. And with their life, uh, they don't know exactly where to go in life if they don't have a vision. Uh, they don't know uh, what they're supposed to do because they don't know uh, where, what their destination is. And, and there's one very important thing when we talk about vision. There's a, when we talk about vision, we need to know that vision... It's a place of destiny. It's a place where you want to get to. Life is a journey, isn't it? Life is a journey, and every journey has a destination. But if, if you ever notice, many people kind of stumble through life. Many people kind of stumble through life, kind of hoping that tomorrow will be better than yesterday, but they don't have a plan. And when people don't have a plan, they don't have a plan because they don't have a clear vision of where they want to go. So they're just kind of hope that tomorrow is going to be better than yesterday. That means they don't have a vision if they do that. And uh, everyone is heading somewhere in life. We're all heading somewhere in life. Every person, every family, every church is heading somewhere in life. But few people... And, and, and I hope I can, I can say this clear. Few people are heading somewhere on purpose. When you have a vision of your life, of your family, and of your church, when you have a vision, you are heading somewhere on purpose. Having a vision is heading somewhere on purpose. So having a vision is knowing where you're going, knowing that you are, uh, and knowing what you are trying to accomplish. If you don't know where you're going, it's like you jump in your car, you jump in your car, you turn on the engine, you start driving around, you go around and you go around, and it's like, where are you going? I don't know. I'm just driving. That wouldn't be very smart, right? We're just wasting gas and wasting time. So when we have a vision, it's a destiny, it's a destination where we wanna, that we want to get to. It's a place that we want to get to. Vision can be compared to a compass sometimes. It gives us direction to know where we are going. That's why today is Vision Sunday. A vision, a destination point, a preferred future. A vision is usually born when a human being is not satisfied where he is at the moment. Instead of being where he is, he wants to be at another place where God wants it to be. That's why vision is important in life. Because God says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people have no idea, have no clue what they're doing or where they're going. Vision gives us direction and a glimpse over our lives uh, to make our goals and purpose becomes a reality. So in order to understand where we want uh, where we want ourselves to be in life, we must have a clear vision in our lives. If a person has no vision, this is a personal vision or a family vision or a church doesn't have a vision. <coughs> it's like when a person wants to become a doctor. 
if a person wants to become a doctor, they need to know, you know, they need to see where they want to be, but they need to create some steps to get there. If you want to become a police officer, it's the same thing. You need to, you want to know, you want to see yourself as a police officer. You want to be able to see yourself before you get there, but you got to know that you have to take certain steps. There's some transition that you got to go through to become what you want to be. If a church wants to fulfill God's purpose, what God created that church for, there needs to be a vision. Because without a vision, not just people perish, but churches perish. Do you know how many churches are closing their doors every single week in, in, in America? In the United States of America, over 1,400 churches closes their doors every week. And only 200 churches are planted every week. So why are we closing 1,400 churches per week? Average of 1,400 churches per week. We're closing 1,400 churches per week because they have no vision. Without vision... A person perishes, a church is perished, a church closes their doors. So vision helps us simplify life. Personal vision, family or church vision will simplify life because it will tell us where we are going. What do I mean by this? What do I mean by simplify life? When you capture vision, it simplifies everything because vision controls. Vision controls all of your choices after that. Vision clarifies purpose. Life will become a lot simpler when you have vision because you know where you're going and, uh, and it becomes more meaningful. Your life becomes more meaningful because vision is knowing where you're going. And once you know where you're going, then you can plan the roads you are going to take to get there because vision shows you a destination. How many people live day to day Without even knowing where they're going. How many people live day to day just knowing that all I have to do is I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to eat, I'm going to sleep, and the next day I'm going to do exactly the same thing. And the next day I'm going to do exactly the same thing. And there is no vision, there is no goals, there is not a specific destination where I want to be. And then on Sunday I'm going to get up, I'm going to eat, maybe I'll go to church, if I go to church. And then after going to church I'm just going to do exactly the same thing, and the same thing, and the same thing with no destination. Your destination, your vision dictates your decisions in life. I, I like what Helen Keller said. And I'm pretty sure most of you guys know who Helen Keller is, or was. Uh, Helen Keller, it, it amazes me, this woman. You know, she was born in 1880. And, and, and women were not treated with a lot of respect back then. But in 1880, and then she was blind and deaf and wrote 13 books. How, how can that be? But I love what she, a quote that she wrote that she says, The most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. How did he write 13 books? How did she write 13 books? I'm sorry. She wrote 13 books. She did what she did. She accomplished the things she accomplished because she had a vision of her own life. She didn't want to be just one, you know, just one more number. But she had a vision of her life. And, and, and it's, it's hard to think that some, someone can have a, you know, the, the, they can see, but they have no vision. 
vision is the ability to see beyond in time and space. And above others, it means to visualize what can be, what can become. To see with the eyes of faith what's not there. Faith, you know, you see it with the eyes of faith, what's not there, but it can become. It can be there. It can make it. It's a clear mental portrait of a preferable future. Vision is something you see by faith before it even happens. And because there is no vision, 1,400 churches close their doors every week. This is what vision is important for. How do we obtain a vision as a church? I I love what Jesus did when he went to the Samaritan woman. You know, the disciples thought, you know, why are we going here? What are we doing here? It's not time for this yet. And when Jesus was there in John chapter 4, you know, they were amazed in how many people were coming to the knowledge of Christ at that moment. How many people were turning their lives to the Lord. And and, and the, 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 the disciples, they didn't understand what Jesus was doing. And he told them, basically, you guys don't understand what I'm doing because you guys cannot see what I see. And a lot of times, we are short of vision because we cannot see what God sees. So Jesus Christ was a leader with vision. And a leader like Jesus, you know, is an example that we should all follow as people, as human beings, especially if you are a person who has given your life to Christ You should follow his example of living life with vision. Jesus saw what others didn't see. Having vision is to see what others don't see because they are short of vision. John chapter 4 verse 35, Jesus was was ministering to these people. and, and, And he said, you know, he told the disciples, you know the saying. There are four months between sowing and harvesting. So in other words, you guys think you guys have time. You guys think it's, it, there's no, it, it's not time to do this yet. But then he tell them, but I tell you, wake up and look around. To me, that's a very strong saying from Jesus. I think a lot of times the reason why we have these statistics we have about churches closing their doors is because they're not waking up and looking around. A lot of times the reason we don't have vision for our own personal lives is because we're, we're not waking up and looking around, looking about what the real needs are around us. He said, wake up and look around. The fields are ready for harvest. The fields are ready for harvest. Jesus was telling them, don't, don't you see the need around you? Don't you see the need around you? People are here with real needs. We have to have God's vision to be able to see what others don't see. So Jesus also, I mean, His vision, He was such a visionary that He saw churches everywhere before before there was even the word church mentioned in the Bible. He saw churches everywhere in His vision. A vision is born when you are dissatisfied with the way things are. He promised this, uh, right? This is the first time Jesus mentioned the word church. In Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, let's, uh, let's see it over here, verse 18. He says, I will build my church. 
Well, the word church has never, had never been mentioned until this moment. So the disciples are listening to Jesus saying, I will build my church. And the disciples are like, what is he talking about? Remember the many times the disciples didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. They didn't understand his points. They didn't understand even when he said he was going to be crucified. They didn't understand that. So when he said, I will build my church, they're like, what is he talking about? But Jesus had a vision of what he knew he wanted to do. And he was training these 12 men with the purpose of these men to be able to go and spread the gospel around the world. And to be able to plant churches and where millions and millions of people will come to the knowledge of God. And millions and millions of people are going to be in heaven one day together with us. People that have lived through the history of the world. And they will be praising God with us, with different languages, different nations. Because Jesus had a vision. If we put this as, as you know, was one of the best. Uh, if, if we put the church as a company. It will be the most successful company. You know, through the, it, 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 you know, it, it went through the test of time, if we see it that way. Because it's the only, the only thing that has survived the test of time is the church. The church keeps on going no matter what. Jesus said, I will build it. I will build it. And the gates, not even the gates of hell will prevail against the church. So Jesus had a vision. A church with a vision is a church that can see what's not there, but it could be. What's not there, but it could be. And Jesus told His disciples, you know the saying, there, there are four months. The disciples were still like, yeah, everybody says there are four months. But, you know, we still got time. And Jesus said, no, you don't have time. And Jesus said, you don't have time. The fields are ready. Look around you. And the fields are ready. And so if the fields are ready, it's time for you. There's no more time to waste. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. God wants us to be a church with a vision. Because we follow His, ex- His example. And because without a vision, a church, just as a person, as a nation, without a vision, a church or a nation will perish People will perish. I, I like what that other version says because it says people go astray. You know, have you ever been at a, at a company or work for a company or be at a church where everybody's doing their own thing? And everybody's busy. Now, being busy doesn't mean you have a vision. Being busy just means you're busy. But when you're busy without a vision, you're busy without a specific purpose. That's when you're busy doing a bunch of things. You can be doing a million things. Everybody's doing something. Okay, but why are they doing what they're doing? But when you have a vision, you have a point. You have a destination where you're going with everything you're doing. You're doing everything with one purpose. Because you understand why God has us here in this corner of Studebaker and Foster Road. God wants us to be a church of vision. A vision is born... When you look around and you see the needs, my, my, my question to you is, do we really see the needs? You know, a lot of times we spend more time talking about politics than people's souls. The reason, the, way, the, the reason politics are going the way they're going is because people are so far away from God 
And I was sharing with some people this, this week, that you know what, uh, you know, we have no problem a lot of times sending our kids to a public school where they can be indoctrinated with all this new stuff that's coming out. You know, all this, this gender and all this, uh, you know, your sexual preference and all that stuff. And, and, and if you talk against that, it, it is hate, right? But we have no problem sending our kids to that, but people have a problem bringing, bringing their kids to church. How's that? It's because a lot of times we have no vision of where we want to go. Vision is born when you look around and you see the needs. And I tell you one thing, in a year and a half that I've been here in Norwalk, I can see not just needs in the church, but you see needs also all over the place in the community. Are there people you know that need hope? That can only be found in God. Are there people in your family that need God? Are there, is there any, any, any people in your, you know, in your neighborhood? Do you know your neighbor? Do, do you, have you ever talked to your neighbor? Do you know if they're believers? Do you know what religion they're going to? Do you know what place they... Do, do they even worship? Well, there, are, there are people with all kinds of needs in Norwalk. People are hurting. You know that there's a lot of people in the city of Norwalk. And I was reading the statistics on this, the studies they've been doing. There's a lot of people in Norwalk that don't even get out of their houses. They're afraid of getting out of the house. Did you know? Do you know if that's your neighbor? So a vision is born when you see the real needs around you. People are hurting in need of someone who can be there for them. A lot of times, all a person needs is for you to be there for them. So many people are confused and trying to find their identity. Especially, do you know that the majority of the population in Norwalk are people from between the, 20, between the ages of 20 and 35? Do you see a lot of those here? Just a question. Just a question. But you know that those are the people that are more com- the most confused? About their sexual identity. You know that those are the, that's the generation that is having a hard time with these things. And a lot of times it's like we want to be politically correct. But we offend God by not reaching out to people that are in those kind of needs. We want to be a church. We don't want to be that kind of church. We don't want to be a church that's judging people. Now that's not the church we're going to be. We're going to be a church that is opening our doors to people. Because we need to bring him in here so we can teach them the word of God. And faith comes by what? By what? By hearing. Hearing what? Hearing your political arguments? No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How are we going to share Christ? How are we going to share the love of Christ with people when we're not opening our hearts and our doors so people can come? No, no, no. The doors are always open, Pastor. Yeah. One thing is to have the door open. But are you, are we welcoming people the way we should? Are we? I'm not saying we're not, but are we? Jesus said, wake up and look around. The fields are ready for harvest. A vision is born when you look around and you see what Jesus saw. People in need. Remember, people, when Jesus saw the people, He said He was so, He was moved to compassion. Now, when, do, when you see the people in your house who are not coming to church, 
Are you moved to compassion? Let me tell you one thing. If you're not moved to compassion, there is a problem. If you see your neighbor and you have never even tried to talk to that person and that's not doesn't move you to compassion, you know, that's why we need to have the heart Jesus had. See the lost people like people without a shepherd. Let me share something with you about the reality where we are. We are in such a strategic place to keep on offering people the hope that is only found in Jesus. We're such a, we're, we're such a strategic place. Let, let me show you something. Let, let, let's go to the next. This is Norwalk. You know that I was doing I was doing a little bit of research this week just around Norwalk that area and you see the map over here you see where this map this map is going to get little squares like this and and I'll I'll go over that uh, in um, a couple of weeks from now but um, you see the map that's the map that's up there that's the same map that you see over here that's the city of Norwalk that is where we are where the cross and the church is the blue the color blue is where the, the blue square is where the church is and I'll tell you one thing it, it's, it's interesting to go over uh, the information that I was gathering this week you know that 102,007 uh, 102,762 people live in Norwalk just in Norwalk just in Norwalk around Norwalk we got about Ten different cities, at least ten different cities, and I'll go over that with you in a minute. But this is this is how a vision is born. You 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 know you seek God, and you ask God, show me what's going on, Lord. And you look around you, and you see that there is just in the city of Norwalk, we have 102, 762 people. Is the total population in Norwalk right now? 53 percent, 53.4 percent of those people in Norwalk, they think they are religious. They think they are religious. And let me show you, I'll I'll tell you why. In other words, 56,000 of 102 people in Norwalk Norwalk are religious, and 46,000 are non-church, non-Christians, right? But out of these 56,000, 38%, let's go to the next slide, 38%, 37%, I'm sorry, which is 38,000, 38,000 of 56,000 claim to be Roman Catholics. Now, is anybody here with a Roman Catholic background? Uh, it's just a few of us, right? So let me ask you something. Be honest with me. How many of those 38,000 do you think they really go to church every Sunday? If that, right? If that. that would, that's a huge number. That's a huge Yeah, some of us did. Yeah, but most people, most people say, no, I don't want to hear this, I'm Catholic. And they don't want to hear the gospel. They, they, they think it's okay. So, let's say 2,000 of those people are going to church. So, you still have at least 38 or 35,000 people that claim to be something, but they're not practicing that. So, add that to the 46,372. So, be, besides that, there is a few false religions in Norwalk. And the few false religions, it's, this is where we are. False religions, the Church of Christ, the Mormon Church. The Mormon Church that believes that, it, it, you know, if you're the man of the house, you'll be able to tell your wife whether she can, uh, you know, in the resurrection day, she can, you can resurrect your wife or not. 
And then you are going to be given a, a, a world. And that world that is going to be given to you, you're going to be the God of that world. And every world has a different person who has God, you know, who has a God who's been in the Mormon church. This is what stuff like that is what's been, you know, uh, 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 you know, Judaism. They believe in God of the Old Testament, but they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Eastern faith. And then we have uh, some people with Islam in this area too. So we, uh, approximately, it's about 4,000 people, 4,000 people in Norwalk that are involved in false religions. If we talk about Christianity, this is, this is the statistics about Christianity. Let's put it up there. 2% go to Baptist churches. 2% go to Baptist churches, Baptist churches that are in decline, by the way. Baptist churches that are in decline, they are not reaching people for Christ. 2%. So 2% of that, that means about 2,500 people, 2,300 people of those, that 2% from the 102,000 people are going to a sound doctrinal church. But then you got the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Pentecostal, the Presbyterian, and another Christian faith. When you add it all up, it's 11.5%, about 11,000 people, give and take. 11,000 people in Norwalk that are of some Christian faith-based church. So, when we put together all the numbers, let's go to the next one. From 11,000 people, if it's 102, approximately between 88 and 92,000 people just in Norwalk have no relationship with Christ. Just in Norwalk. Now, if I go out of this point where we are right now, Five miles to the right, five miles to the right, five to the, to the left, five miles north, five miles south. How long would it take me to get to church in a five-mile radius? Fifteen minutes? If that. If there's traffic, maybe twenty minutes. So, in a five-mile radius, we have ten more cities. But I want to show you just from Norwalk, okay? I'll give you a better example. This is probably easier. Let's go to the next one. Let's say the total population of Norwalk, 100% of the population, it's 100 oranges. It's 100 oranges. So 1% of that 100 is how many oranges? It's one, right? So let's go to the next. Let's keep on moving. One orange... You know what we are in, in our church? You have one orange, it's 1%. You cut that orange in 22 pieces. And this is what we get as a result. Next. You see, one of those 22 pieces is our church. Out of 100, you get one orange, you cut it in 22 pieces... And I did it like that, so it'll be easier to say 0.006, right? It's easier. And then when you put it all together, you see all... Let's go to the next one. Let's see this one. Out of 100 oranges, you take one, you cut it in 20 pieces. That little piece is us. So try to fit that little piece among the other, all these 100 oranges. Wake up. Look around. That, that, those are not my words, in case you get offended. Those are Jesus' words. If you get offended by Jesus' words, that's not my problem. I won't apologize for it. 
That is, go back one more. That is who we are right now. So when you look, and you, the way you have a vision is you look that there is a need. There are people hurting. And you know, we're not that kind of church that's going to say, Oh, you know what, let's stop reaching. No, we will continue to reach people. Because there's a lot of people with needs. And this is the beginning of it. Now God has given us a vision. What is our vision? What is the vision as a church? This is our vision as a church. Let's move forward. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep on going on the, on the presentation. You know the saying, there are four months. No, the, the, we don't have four months. We don't have two years. We don't have five years. Because then we will be one more of the statistics of about the 1,400 churches a week that close their doors. We are not going to do that. We are going to move forward with what God wants us to do. And the reason is, you know, I don't know if your heart hurts. Yesterday before I came to the office, as, as, I, was, as I was driving, I mean, before I, before I got out of the house... Um, I, w- I was just listening to some worship music and praying. And as I'm listening to this, it was some beautiful songs. Uh, and it was just making me think, there is so much hope in God. And we're not sharing that enough with people. We're not making enough effort to share that with people. You know that in this, cal- in this map right here, the one down here, in that map, is right here. I already took it apart, just the south part, just the south part from our church going south. I already have 85 squares. I divided in 85. I still got to do the north part. Because one of the things we are going to encourage our church and our members to do is to adopt a square. And you might, you might want to adopt two or three. Where every month, one of those houses is going to get something that encourages people from our church. It's going to get a little car or a little saying, a little something. But every month, your job is going to be to be praying for that square that you take. And and we will share that with you guys uh, about two weeks from now. That's when we're going to talk about the value of reaching. Let me tell you one thing. Everything we did this morning, we sang. Music was was great. You know, we can do that in heaven, right? As a matter of fact, we will do that in heaven. You know, we can love each other in heaven. But there's two things you're not going to be able to do in heaven. Thankfully, we're not going to be able to sing anymore. Sinning is not going to be an issue. You're not going to be able to sin. But we're not going to be able to talk to other people or give people hope that we can only find in God. And a lot of times, a lot of times, we are good at playing church without reaching the needs and the people that have real needs out there. You know, I, I forgot to put a picture here. I was here two weeks ago. Dan Lansing was directing traffic. I'm like, it would be great if this was our church. Don was out there directing traffic because the school, the preschool, filled this place up twice. It was packed with people, parents and kids. 
And they know the preschool that we that we work together with, that we team up with them, they're renting from us. They know that the preschool is a Christian preschool. They bring their kids over here, and I'm like, what are we doing? Have we done anything with them? And it's like, I went over to the owner of the preschool and the, and the, the administrator, and I said, next time you guys do this, we love to help you and, and, and be part with Don over there, where, where we're going to put our t-shirts where it says, Hope City Church, and we're going to be helping them direct traffic. And we're going to be serving them. And, and why not getting a few of us saying, in the mornings, why don't we get coffee ready in our church and just be out there and say, you know what, have you had your coffee this morning? Have a little bit of coffee, but a whole lot of Jesus. But a lot of times we're not, we don't want to get of our comfort zones to do that. When you have a vision, now you know what you need to do. So out of all these oranges that I show you, this is our vision. Our vision is that in five years, in five years we'll be able to... Let's, let's, let's continue the, the... In five years, we're supposed to become half of that orange. Just half. I'm not asking for much. But I'm not just asking. We are going to be doing this together. Half of that orange means in five years we should be able to reach at least 500 people. How are we going to do that? We'll talk about that two weeks from now. Half of orange. And in ten years, the purpose is that we will have a full orange. You know, that's only 1% in our city. I want to get, I want to get in front of Christ and be able to tell Him, I did everything I could to reach lost people for you. I did everything I could to, sh- to show them that your sacrifice was worth it. I did everything I could to show people hope where there's no hope. Let me show you one more thing before we finish. Let me show you what a five-mile radius around our church looks like. This is it. So if you think Norwalk is big, it's not big. You go out five-mile radius and you go to South Whittier, Downey, uh, Hollydale, uh, uh, Lakewood, Paramount, Artesia, uh, Norwalk, La Mirada, and and you go to all this. I mean, we're getting close to Buena Park in a five-mile radius. It, It gets close to that. But in a five-mile radius, these are the populations of, of these cities. You have the populations of these cities. Ten cities, five-mile radius. You have 6, 682,324 people it's just in ten cities. Fifteen-minute distance to drive to this place. Jesus said to the disciples, Get up, wake up. Look around. The harvest is ready. No, no, it's not. No, it's ready. The question is, are we going to harvest? Are we going to harvest? Jesus told them exactly what they needed to hear. This is how a vision has been born because of, of a group of people woke up and looked around and have been working for over a year on these things. And they saw the needs the needs are here and now. You don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So what if tomorrow you're, you're with the Lord? 
and you miss sharing the gospel with one more person? Or are you going to be one of those people who are going to say, give me one more for Christ. One more for Christ. Actions. Let me tell you, a lot of times we do a lot of actions. Actions with that addition are just things that keep you busy but are not taking you to a destination because there is no vision. And that happens a lot. But a vision without action... So action without a vision is just keeping you busy without going to a specific place. Vision without action is just a dream. So there are a lot of dreamers in the world. There are a lot of people who have big dreams. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. And it's wishful thinking. But they don't do anything. So a vision without work, without action, is just a dream. It never comes true. We need vision with action. So because we need vision with action. Let's, let's move the, the slices, please. The slides, the slides, yeah. uh, vision requires a strategy. And we already have a strategy. We work with the vision team in our church. And we have a strategy. And we will present that strategy. In the next five weeks, we will be talking about our values. Because the way, the way we're going to do it is, the way, when, we, when we have people here in the church, we're going to be an open church to welcome people. And we're going to be an open church by practicing our values. When we practice our values, people are going to feel love and they are going to feel welcome. And it's going to create an atmosphere, a worship atmosphere that's going to make people feel, you know, there's a place right here. You know, a church is like a hospital. I'm sure you heard this a million times. This church should be the perfect place for imperfect people. Every church should be that way. The perfect place for imperfect people where people can come and feel love and not feel judged. But we have to have a vision for that. And a vision has to come with a strategy. Because a vision without action is just a dream. A vision with action is a vision that will fulfill the purpose why that church exists. And a strategy, it's not good if we don't execute. And when we have a vision and we have a strategy and we execute the strategy, it's easy. You know that it's easy to plan? And, and, and there is a book that is called The, 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 the Four Laws of, um, uh, of Success. And one of the things is it says that it's so easy to create a strategy. It's so easy to create a plan. What's hard is to execute that plan. But only when you execute the plan, you have success. Now, God didn't bring us over here to be a failure. He brought us over here so we can succeed for Him. Not for us. For Him. Vision with a strategy and executes the vision, the strategy. It brings success. So, this is the vision. This is the way you're going to be seeing uh, different writings. And even in your bulletin today, you have uh, different writings. But this is the way you're going to be seeing the vision. Are we ready with the PowerPoint? Yeah? Okay. Cool. This is the name of your church. Hope City Church. 
Why is a Hope City Church? So let me explain really quick. We won the city of Norwalk when they passed by. I wonder, what do they think right now? It's that white little church over there in the corner. Is that what they think? Or do they even notice that our church is here? Every time somebody passes by our church, we want them to know this is a place in the city where they can get hope. Where they can get encouraged. Where they can get help. If they have a counseling issue, they can get counseling. If they have marital issues, they can get counseling. If they have issues with their kids, there will be classes for parenting. There will be classes for couples. There will be classes for parenting. We want them to know that in this city, hope, in this church, in this church, we're going to offer hope in this church, in this city. And the reason you see, uh, let's go to the next one. So the vision, where I think we, okay. Uh, the, the vision, you're going to be seeing this. Two and three plus three and five equals one. We're just going to make it very, very simple like that. What does that mean? Two and three means 200 people in the next three years. We're going to be reaching. We're going to be striving to reach 200 people. And in the next three years, it's going to be 300 people. A total of five years equals one. Two and three plus three and five equals one. What does that one mean? It means that we want to multiply ourselves. We want to reproduce. So this church will not just be... Uh, you know, God didn't tell me, go and build, my, build your kingdom. No, I'm building His kingdom, not my kingdom. So I don't need to have a church of a thousand people here. I need that when we're a certain number, we will have somebody ready to go and plant another church somewhere else. So we can multiply. So we can continue doing the work of the vision that Jesus Christ had for us. Let me tell you one thing. Are you... Do you really care about leaving a legacy in your life? With your family? With your kids? Are your grandkids coming to church? If your grandkids or your kids are not coming to church, why are they not coming to church? Are they going to other churches? Why? So I'm asking you that because this is a place that they can find that hope that they need at any moment in their life. They can feel that they can be part of this. Uh, we need to be a church that play, uh, you know, a, a place where hurting people can come and experience the hope that God offers. So this is our mission. Next, our mission is: we exist, we are here, and we are going to be here helping people experience. So you're going to see this a lot. We are here helping people experience the hope found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And our main verse, memorize this verse because this is, if you are part of Hope City, this is going to be our verse. Our verse is Romans 15 verse uh, 13. May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust Him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. So get hope so you can overflow with hope and you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, have you ever seen a negative person? Do you really like to be around negative people? Negative people that are always done. Uh, you see this? You see that? You see this? You see that? I don't like this. I don't like that. It's annoying. I don't want to be around negative people because the Bible says that if I get close to negative people, I'll become a negative person. But that says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can become a person of hope. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know what? Oh yeah, this is bad. It's a, oh, don't worry about it. God, God's got it. God has a, has a handle on this thing. Don't worry about it. God has control over your situation. And when you become a person of hope, you become a person who gives hope and don't become a negative person. When you become a negative person, you just become one more of the bunch in the world. We see a lot of that. Oh, you got, if you want to be a negative person, watch the news. That's it. Watch the news. And you'll start seeing everything that is wrong with the world. But we can see what can we do right. We can see what we can do right. Romans 15.13 is your verse. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace. When you have hope, you will experience joy and peace as you trust in Him. And then you will overflow. That hope that you that you get from God, you will overflow and share that with other people. That's why we are our Hope City Church. And that's what we want people to think when they go through this corner. We want people to think, you know what? There is the place. There is the place that I feel good when I go there. Even though sometimes when the words preach, it's something that it makes me think about it, you know, but it's been a place that gives me hope. And we have values, and in our values, this is what we're going to be sharing next. Our values is, these are our values, and our values come out of the Scripture. Our values is love, that's our first value, and we're going to go over that next week. And our next value is reach, we're going to go over that. The, in the next five weeks, in the month of July, we're going to go over each one of these values. What does it mean we are a church that values love? We're going to learn that love comes from the great commandment. Love thy, love your Lord, your Lord God with all your heart and all your strength. Love God and love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. And so on. So this is, how are we going to be reaching people? When people come and visit our church, this is the behavior we should have. Because this is the behavior of a Christian. We should be loving people when they come here. We should be reaching to people. So instead of going to the same group, I always go. I go with the people that I always feel comfortable. Well, I want you to get uncomfortable. Why do you think I do that when we're saying hello to each other during the service, during announcements? I don't do much announcement. I say, get out of your comfort zones. I do that on purpose. 
You know why? Because when we're reaching intentionally, we need to... Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You can, tell, you can say hi to the person you always say hi. But get out of there and go reach out another person who is in greater need than those. You don't know that. You don't know that. What if a person is sitting over there in the corner and nobody's saying hello to that person? And they're just here saying... You know, a person will decide... If they want to come back to this church in the first five minutes, they're here. That's why we have that little tent where Tom or Steve sometimes are there. Because we want people to know that from the moment they step foot on this place, they are welcome. They are welcome. Well, our, you, know, our, you know, it's going to get uncomfortable. Well, I want it to get uncomfortable. Because that means we're reaching people for Christ. If that is not your goal, then I don't know what your goal is in life. Reach, teach. When they, go, when they come, we're going to teach them. We're going to serve them. It's not about serving you. It's about serving them. It's about us becoming servants. And so, to finish, I just want to show you that this right here, Janine did a great job with this. Thank you, Janine. This right here is going to be our stamp. And in our stamp, if you notice, it says Hope City Church. This is our logo. And it says Norwalk, California. Well, when we plan our first church five years from now, it's not going to say Norwalk, California, but it's going to say Hope City Church. And it's going to say whatever the name of the city where we're going to send that church planter is going to be. Because we're going to be spreading hope. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about spreading hope than wasting time I'm more you know everybody's faithfulness is appreciated but we can't live in the past oh well we always done it this way we cannot live in the past we have to live in the present and wake up and look around. We have to live in the present, planning and working for a better future. People are drowning. People are dying without God. What are we doing? What are we doing? We need to fight. Listen to me very well. We need to fight, not with each other. We need to fight for the souls of those people who need Jesus. We need to fight for the souls of those people who need Jesus, not with each other. We need to strive to bring hope. We need to spread the hope. Vision defines what you do in life. Vision with the plan of action is what you need to have success and be able to present yourself before God and hear from Him good faithful servant that's what I want to hear from God I don't know about you but I do listen to me for a second God doesn't give us a vision to pamper us if you think God gives you a vision to pamper you you're wrong God doesn't give us a vision to pamper us God doesn't give us a vision to make us feel good God gives us a vision to change the direction that we've been going 
If God gives us a vision, we need to change the direction that we have been going. God gives us a vision for, to motivate us to be able to do the work that He calls us to do. We are supposed to look around and realize the fields are ready for harvest. There is no time, Jesus said to the disciples. There is no time for you to waste anymore. Well, you think there's still four months. No, there's no time. Look around. Look around. Vision starts with the need. So when you see the need, the second thing you do is you look up. Because when you see the need, the way you're going to develop vision is you're going to look up to God. And you're going to ask, God, because of the need I see around me, what do you want me to do? Number two, so vision, you look around, you see the need. Number two, you look up and you ask God, what do you want me to do? And number three, you look forward. You look forward, how far am I willing to go? Oh, pastor, 500 people is too many people. Can we really do that? Of course we can. Of course we can. It's been done before many times when there are churches with vision. And they're striving to fulfill the call God has given us. So we go look forward to see how far are we willing to go. Look inside of you. Number four, look inside. What are you willing to do? Is the question. We're expecting our leaders to be the example of this. So if you're a leader in the church, we're asking you to commit yourself to at least one of those or two of those squares. Especially so, 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 some of our leaders that are retired, they'll have a lot of time to walk around their neighborhoods and praying for their neighborhoods. Right? Don't look at me like that. How are we going to accomplish this vision in our church? Show up next month and you'll find out. Show up next month and every week we will be disclosing one thing at a time. And now Hope City Church, Romans thirteen fifteen. can you read it with me? Roman, ah, it's too small, you won't be able to read it, right? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who God wants you to be. A person who overflows with hope. Go spread that hope at home. Go spread that hope in your job. Go spread that hope everywhere. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Father, for for your word. Thank you, Father, because without you, we would be lost with no hope. Without you, Lord, we wouldn't be here. And because you had a vision of building your church, that's why we experienced the hope. Father, we just, we just want to put all these things in your hands. But we bring it before you in prayer. And we are looking within us to see how, how much am I willing to do. Lord, I pray that as your, as your church, 
as your children, we will obey the command that has been given to us to wake up and look around. And every opportunity we have, be able to share the hope that we have in God. If you have done an amazing work in my life, all I have to do is share what you have done for me. That will show people hope. We praise you. And we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.